Perverted, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Welcome to another episode of Afro Verdict. This is your host, Victor Anakin, and here I have a conversation with Africa's experts, youth, and prominent figures to keep you, our listeners, on track with global events as well as those on the African continent. Against the backdrop of the increasing number of countries that are voicing their intention to join BRICS, today with us we have South Africa's BRICS Sherpa, Anil Suklal, and Ashraf Patel, the Senior Research Associate with the Institute for Global Dialogue and a member of the South Africa BRICS Think Tank Network. They explain BRICS development dynamics in the global financial architecture and energy initiatives. They touch upon the ideas of creating an alternative currency to move away from the US dollar and how this would affect developing countries and what African countries could gain. We are joined by South Africa's BRICS Sherpa, Anil Suklal. Welcome. How would you explain this wave of demands to join BRICS and from which moment did the interest in BRICS start to grow? Well, I think, uh, you know, since I would say last year, after the Russia-Ukraine crisis, uh, there has been an upsurge in interest in joining BRICS because the Russia-Ukraine situation has shown up the fault lines in the global political architecture in in the sense that countries that are continually marginalized, the countries of the global south, are not treated as equals by the countries of the global north that want to continue to dominate and be the global hegemons. And I think increasingly countries from the global south want to exert their independence, their sovereignty, and also have their voices heard uh, on the global stage. And they see BRICS as being the forum that is most receptive and most aligned to their aspirations to create a more equitable, inclusive, and fair global community. And that is why you are seeing a surge of countries. And these are major countries from the developing South, emerging market developing economies from all parts of the world, from Latin America, from Africa, the Middle East, Asia, all seeking to become BRICS members. Now, I think that's significant because obviously it means these countries see that BRICS is championing the issues that needs to be addressed in terms of their development, in terms of their voices being heard, and in terms of creating a more inclusive multipolar world order where you don't have a few hegemons dictating on how we conduct ourselves on the international front. So I think for a number of reasons, these countries would like to align themselves with BRICS because they have a they have faith and trust in BRICS and they want to join BRICS. Mm-hmm. They're not asking to join any other bloc, but specifically to join BRICS. And I think this is an affirmation that BRICS has been a champion of the global south in addressing the issues around the unequal global political architecture, the global financial architecture and the global trade architecture, all of which 
favors the global north still. And this is why countries are saying that we need a changed global architecture. And BRICS is the champion for that. You mentioned that there are countries from all over the world willing to join BRICS. In regards to African countries, as we know, Algeria has already made a request to join BRICS. Can you name some other African countries that are considering joining? Syria and Egypt and Tunisia have specifically uh, spoken about joining BRICS. If the BRICS do accept new countries, how would this change its weight in international relations, in your opinion? Well, I think firstly, as the leaders asked us to do last year through the Beijing Declaration, we have to start discussing expansion and we have to work out the modalities of expansion. Uh, we are still busy with that process. Do we admit new countries as full members or do we create uh, partner countries or other categories in terms of how we, we go about expansion. So that is what we are busy with at the moment, is working out the modalities of expansion. Now, as you know already, through the New Development Bank, we have already admitted new partners as members of the bank, four countries, Uruguay, UAE, uh, Egypt and Bangladesh mm-hmm. have been admitted as BRICS uh, members of the bank. So expansion in the financial institution of BRICS has already taken place. Now what is being sought from these countries is the political association with the BRICS. And uh, therefore we also, like we did when we started the expansion process for the new development bank, we worked out criteria uh, and guidelines on how we go about expansion. And that's what we are busy with at the moment. According to the International Monetary Fund, BRICS countries outperformed the G7's contribution to global growth from 2020. How would the expansion of BRICS impact the economic balance in the world in the future, in your opinion? Well, as you saw, in terms of PPB, GDP, the BRICS now is bigger than the G7. BRICS account for 31.5% and G7 uh, 30%. But if you add the four new NDB members to the GDP of the BRICS, it then rises to 34.5%. So you can see that already BRICS in its current form is becoming bigger than the G7. And it's predicted by 2030, BRICS will account for 50% of global GDP. So an expanded membership will also increase the global economic uh, footprint of the BRICS. As the 2023 BRICS chair, South Africa pledged to promote African interests on the international arena. What does this mean in practice? And how different is South Africa's agenda this year compared to your country's previous chairmanship? Well, as you've noticed, for South Africa, our chairship of BRICS is always inclusive of the advancement of Africa's development. And therefore, for our theme this year, we have chosen uh, BRICS and Africa, Partnership for Mutually Accelerated Growth, Sustainable Development, and Inclusive Multilateralism. So what we would like to do is to further strengthen the partnership between BRICS and Africa, which we started during our first chairship in 2013 and continued in 2018. And BRICS, as you know, individually have been investing in Africa in various areas, Russia, 
India, China and Brazil all have very focused programs in Africa. But what is different this year, as you know, we have since the last summit in 2018, in Africa we have adopted the Continental Free Trade Agreement, which is the largest free trade agreement in terms of the number of countries that are party to the agreement, 55 countries. So we want to use our chairship to see how BRICS can work with Africa in advancing the opportunities that presents itself through the free trade agreement uh, in terms of strengthening uh, our trade relations between BRICS and Africa uh, through the provisions of the free trade agreement and ensuring that we take full advantage for mutual benefit to the opportunities that this provides. So that's the first focus on Africa. Secondly, as you know, also, we have a very ambitious uh, energy uh, roadmap in BRICS. And this includes, of course, uh, transition to clean energy to green energy. So we want to also look at launching the BRICS Africa Just Energy Transition Platform. So that's another focus area for us in terms of, of strengthening BRICS Africa cooperation on the energy front. The third area of cooperation is specifically focused on women and providing opportunities for women entrepreneurs, uh, both within BRICS and Africa. So the BRICS Women's Business Alliance is going to launch in Africa, BRICS Africa, a uh, women's business alliance platform to facilitate trade between Africa and BRICS, especially among women entrepreneurs and, and the uh, MSME sector pertaining to women in business. So these are very dedicated programs focused on BRICS and Africa during our session. In your recent article titled Fostering Partnerships with BRICS Energy Investors, you mentioned that a BRICS African Center of Excellence on the Just Energy Transition could be established. Could you tell us what the center would look like and what changes to existing cooperation it would bring? Well, firstly, we are looking at establishing a virtual center that mm. brings expertise for all of the BRICS countries. Mm. And also the platform will be open to African countries to look at, firstly, the challenges we all face in the energy sector in terms of energy security. Secondly, access to technology. So we hope that we'll be able to use this platform, not only for enhancing research between our researchers and energy institutes, but also to look at solutions to the challenges we face and sharing experience and best practice amongst ourselves. So that is the intention to collectively have a center where we all can be party to and we all can contribute collectively to ensure that we have a central repository in terms of our energy needs and energy security. In the article, you also wrote about the perceived risks of investing into developing countries and that this undermines receiving funds from global sources. How can this situation be changed? Well, I think firstly, we must become energy independent and also we need to invest more in energy research and technology amongst ourselves and not be dependent on the uh, common West in terms of our energy needs. We must be able to, to draw on our own expertise, our own scientific community, our own research community, and to invest more in research and 
development and innovation in the area of energy so that all of us five countries are rich in different ways we possess some of the largest reserves of coal coal is a major factor in our energy mix in all of the countries besides uh, brazil which is uh, mainly focused on hydro energy but we also have uh, clean coal technology as you know south africa leads in this and we are sharing this with our BRICS uh, partners as well so in terms of transiting to to clean energy it must be done at a pace determined by ourselves and not forced upon us by the common west who all grew the economies on fossil fuels in the same article you also wrote about the perceived risks of investing into developing countries the sense of risk in one or other country is closely connected with the activities of rating agencies now we've heard that there have been talks on establishing a brics rating agency what is the status of that discussion now and how would south africa as the brics chair approach this issue well this issue has been under discussion in brics for some time we first raised it during south africa's chairship in 2018 uh but at that stage the discussions didn't go very far but now given the current global financial and economic environment and the tendency by the established rating agencies of the global not to to always have a very negative perception of our economies we felt that we also need to look at establishing our own independent uh rating agencies uh based on our expertise and our scholars and researchers and i think that's something that is being discussed now within brics and it will continue to be discussed because i think this is the time where we need to look at becoming even more independent not just dependent on the perception of of western agencies uh in terms of rating us we must be able to rate ourselves in an objective transparent open manner and not be uh, subjected to scrutiny all the time by agencies uh, that have specific agendas In an interview with Eyewitness News on the sidelines of the first BRICS meeting in Limpopo on February the 1st, you said that you would see a positive response from BRICS members to President Ramaphosa's call to BRICS allies to use their expertise to help address the energy crisis in South Africa. What sort of help could BRICS members provide? Well, BRICS members have been assisting South Africa in terms of technical expertise, in terms of also providing assistance uh with looking at our current challenges identifying what are the weaknesses in our system and uh, providing possible solutions uh given the the experience of brics countries uh that are very much in the same underwent the same experiences in the development path as south africa is experiencing at the moment south africa is still very dependent on coal as the main source of energy and as you know countries like india and china also have a high dependence at the current time on coal at least 50 50 plus percent of energy is derived from coal power uh, russia itself in terms of of gas and oil that you are rich in so that's your main source of of energy so we believe that looking at your experiences we can also learn 
and uh, we can get assistance in terms of how we address these challenges. So our newly appointed Minister of Electricity has been having discussions with our BRICS partners in terms of seeing how best we could draw on assistance from our BRICS countries in assisting us overcome our challenge. So you, you once noted that sanctions are affecting food and energy security. Currently, cooperation between BRICS member states is continuing despite the West's anti-Russia sanctions. What might a sanction-proof BRICS energy cooperation system look like? Well, look, firstly, South Africa, we do not uh, recognize unilateral sanctions. We only recognize UN-approved sanctions. So there is no UN sanctions against Russia. So we have a strong relationship with Russia and we continue to strengthen that relationship, including cooperation, as I said, within BRICS and also bilaterally. So sanctions as it applies from those countries that have imposed unilateral sanctions on Russia does not affect the functioning of BRICS, does not affect the relationship between South Africa and Russia. The BRICS Energy Technology Report 2020 stated that the Kuberg power station reaches its end of design life in 2024. In order to avoid the demise of the nuclear power in the energy mix, South Africa has made a decision regarding its design life extension and the expansion of the nuclear power program into the future. To what extent is South Africa interested in cooperating with Rosatom in the development of nuclear power stations in South Africa? Well, as you know, Rosatom is one of the companies that South Africa has been having discussions with and continue to have discussions in terms of assistance with our energy needs. And that those discussions are are ongoing at the moment. And as you know that this decision has been taken, Rosatom also has already an agreement with South Africa to construct small hydropower plants in Pumalanga. So we already have a relationship with Rosatom. It's, uh, and discussions are ongoing in terms of, of Kuberg. Welcome to Afro Verdict on Sputnik Africa. I'm your host Victor and together with Anil Suklal, South Africa's Sherpa to BRICS and Professor Ashraf Patel, we discuss BRICS' place in today's world, the energy condition and the new currency within BRICS, as well as the role of African countries within this development. Professor Patel, welcome. We've just talked to South Africa's BRICS Sherpa, Anil Suklal, who noted that the trend within which an increasing number of nations want to join BRICS proves that BRICS has been a champion of the global south in addressing the issues around the unequal global political architecture, the global financial architecture, and the global trade architecture, all of which favor the global north. What is your take on the future of BRICS and the role of the nations of the global south within the format? Thank you. Thank you for that question. Um, Being part of the BRICS academic and research side over the last several years, what we have uh, definitely observed, uh, especially in a post-COVID world, is a a large uh, interest uh, in in the BRICS in terms of growth, uh, particularly from uh, many of the developing countries in the world. 
So yes, um, we do see a growth and in interest in BRICS nations uh, or in being part of the BRICS nations. And so this is a definite trend that one can observe so far. Absolutely. And recently, we saw that an increasing number of countries chose to use their national currencies in bilateral trade, refusing to continue transactions in dollars. Moreover, there are talks on establishing an alternative currency within BRICS to replace the dollar in trade. What is behind this trend? Yes, that is quite correct. What we are seeing is nations like um, China, India, Iran, Argentina, etc., are moving, as well as Brazil more recently, uh, under Lula, uh, has moved towards a definite policy shift in terms of uh, beginning to trade uh, within alternative currencies, especially with the Chinese UN, uh, purely because China is the largest trade partner to many of these nations. And so this trend is going to increase as BRICS gains more membership. So yes, this trend is definitive uh, and it is also part of the economic uh, reality or geographic economic reality where um, economic power has moved to the east and to the south and made also towards the Eurasian region. So these realities are now uh, moving um, in terms of economics as well as uh, the political power is also moving towards the east and the south. So it's part of a broader kind of tectonic shift towards east and towards south. And in your opinion, how much of a blow would this decision be for the dollar? Well, look, I would say you must remember that the dollar is still the dominant currency by default, meaning that 90% of global trade is still in the dollar, US dollar. Um, now, there are two, two major trends. The one is, yes, uh, in the medium to long term, it would be a, a major kind of negative uh, force for the US dollar. Um, also, we're beginning to see the EU, the European Union, beginning to take a more independent uh, foreign policy line. I think that is also significant because you must remember that the European Union uh, is calling for strategic autonomy. And uh, the European Union has come to also a conclusion that they need to take an independent line in world affairs, both politically, foreign policy-wise, and economically. So this is also very, very important. And they too would be, be looking at uh, more diversified trade relations with the world, and more independent foreign policy with the world. And I think for the United States as a sovereign, this is also a cause of concern for the United States. All right, and tell us, how will the move of establishing an alternative currency within BRICS influence African economies? Yes, the BRICS alternative reserve currency would be able to have a positive influence for African nations. Um, most African nations are commodity export countries, especially minerals and oil and agriculture. So the first step would be to start trading those commodities uh, with an alternative currency um, and BRICS nations uh, could work on the mechanism. It would need a proper payment mechanism uh, with the required uh, 
capacity and standards. It would need working with the Africa Union as well as regional bodies such as SEDAC and COMESA. Uh, overall, yes, it is a positive thing for African communities, uh, but BRICS needs to work closer with the Africa Union and also invite the African Union to the forthcoming BRICS summit in South Africa in 2023. In your article titled Back to the Future, Africa's current debt crisis is the new Grim Reaper, you wrote, quote, The BRICS group of nations have recently sought to create a new financial architecture. Close quote. Tell us what are the possible implications of this move for developing countries? Yes, definitely. Uh, South Africa and Africa is hosting BRICS in August this year. Uh, there are major agenda items on the table, one of them being the BRICS currency and alternative trade uh, financial exchange. And I think this would be a huge boost for Africa. Uh, number two, uh, the African nations are, in the last uh, several months, have undergone major debt uh, crisis. So you must remember leading African nations, uh, Ghana, Nigeria, Zambia, are facing huge debt repayment challenges. Uh, and this is mainly with the creditors in the north, i.e. large private banks, as well as the IMF. Now, they haven't come with a sustainable debt solution as yet. Please recall that the IMF and World Bank had their spring meetings two weeks ago, and out of those, we, we haven't heard of any definitive uh, debt solution or debt rescheduling. So this suggests that the IMF and Northern banks or Western banks have not really come to a commitment on debt relief. And therefore, this makes the forthcoming BRICS summit uh, more important for African nations. Uh, I would say Africa is uh, being in the middle, caught in the middle, uh, between uh, Western nations, on the one hand between the EU on the other hand, but also between BRICS nations on the other hand. So these African leaders, uh, many of them are being courted by all of the major power blocks. And what is quite clear is there are different African leaders or regions looking at uh, the different power blocks. So for Africa, as you can imagine, it's a very, very confusing supermarket, if you like. They, they, are, they are unsure on which, where to commit, how to commit. And uh, as usual, the, the African nations or leaders don't have, um, uh, they cannot make decisions uh, because they are vested in kind of all three of the power blocks. And, and therefore, their politics uh, seems to be very, very kind of contested. And with a very contested politics, uh, they, they, you have leaders that are not sure. A good example is South Africa. Uh, uh, being a nation of BRICS, being a major trading partner with the EU and the US, uh, being uh, part of these uh, global uh, challenges, uh, and as well as the challenges within the trade domain, South Africa can, is not taking clear positions. Uh, the leadership is not quite clear on all the major issues. Um, and, and therefore, it is in a very difficult situation as well. But in regards to the countries that have stated the intention to join BRICS, what can they bring to the table? I would definitely say... The powerhouses in the developing world and the regions 
uh, Argentina in Latin America is coming on board. Um, Saudi Arabia and Iran is a huge boost for BRICS in the Middle East. It would create uh, a model along the lines of OPEC uh, within BRICS. Uh, it, it may mean that uh, they could trade uh, energy and oil in an alternative currency, which would be a huge boost for BRICS. Um, and with China uh, developing an alternative payment system, the financial architecture is now in place for that. Um, and it would mean that uh, BRICS would need concerted effort to bring South Africa as well as other nations in Africa like Nigeria and Kenya and Rwanda into this mix. And so extra effort needs to go into bringing the African Union and inviting the African Union into the BRICS summit is, needs to be a, a definite priority. That seems to be uh, something that's lacking. But I think there needs to be a formal invite to the African Union uh, where decisions are made. You are listening to Afro Verdict from Sputnik Africa. I'm your host, Victor Anakin, and it was my pleasure having a conversation with South Africa's BRICS Sherpa, Anil Suklal, and Professor Ashraf Patel about BRICS, and in particular the popularity it gained among countries throughout the world, as well as on the project of establishing an alternative currency for foreign trade, which, according to Professor Patel, will be a huge boost for African states. Thank you for listening and stay tuned to get the latest African opinions on events around the world and on the continent with Afro Verdict. Until next time. Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.